What's going on, Night fans? Jeff Sharon, Eric Lopez with you here for the Black and Gold Banneret Podcast, an emergency NIT edition uh, of the Black and Gold Banneret Podcast. We just wanted to quickly preview this uh, big moment for UCF basketball, getting into the NIT uh, for the first time uh, under Johnny Dawkins and Coach Dawkins' first year. Lopez, you excited about this? Yeah, no, it's fun. I mean, I'm a, I love college basketball. I love this time of year. Postseason, I think it's the it's one of the best times of the year in sports, and I think we're we're witnessing a historic week in Central Florida uh, when you have the NCAA tournament at the Amway Center with Florida and Florida State involved, and now you've got UCF hosting its first ever NIT game. That's right uh, against Colorado. I mean, it's not like you're playing a mid-major team; you're playing yeah, you're not playing a power some directional school. school. <laughs> Correct. So. And, and, you know, I think it's an exciting time. You know, UCF made the NIT, obviously, uh, way back there when they lost to Drexel in 2012. But that was on the road. And with with respect to the CBI and the CIT and all that, I, I think the NIT obviously has more cachet. And obviously, uh, it, it, just considering where this program was 365 days ago, Jeff, just blows me away that we're even talking about a postseason home basketball game yeah. and uh, and maybe make some noise. Well, well, here's what we're going to do for this, because um, I do agree with you on that. Here's what we're going to do for this uh, story. We're going to just, this will be a really quick 10, 15 minute just discussion of the men's team. Um, the women we'll talk about in just a second. A little bit more complicated. But before we do that. Just a reminder, you can follow us at blackandgoldbanneret.com. Don't, don't forget to subscribe to our uh, podcast on iTunes, Google Play, uh, SoundCloud, and TuneIn. And also follow me at Jeff underscore Sharon. Follow Eric at Eric Lopez Elo. You can hit us up on Facebook and on Twitter at UCF underscore Banneret. All right. Men's basketball. Uh, but first of all, here's what we know at this Instant in time. We're recording this Monday night, about 10 minutes to 10 p.m. Uh, the Both the men's and the women's basketball teams are going to their respective NITs. The men's team lost in the semifinals to the number 12 SMU, 70-59, uh, to 59, after blowing out Memphis by 30. Uh, and, you know, hey, look, SMU, they're going to the NCAA tournament. They won the conference outright. Congratulations. Tip your hat to them. Men's basketball team is going to the NIT. We are going to host the Colorado Buffaloes Wednesday night, March 15th, Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Uh, at CFE Arena in the first round of the NIT. Now, the women we know are in the NIT, but that's all we know at this moment, Lopez. So why don't you? Uh, we were just talking about this a second ago. Fill in for everybody exactly how this works with the women because – we just got announced that we're in the field, but we don't know who we're playing yet. Yeah, at the time of this recording, the women's NIT, it's a little more complicated than the men's NIT for some reason. But first of all, it's a 64-team field, the women's NIT. So you got right. more teams to deal with. Now, UCF, by the way, was an automatic team into the women's NIT. And the reason why in the women's, they have a role. Uh, UCF, because they were the best team out of the American Conference that didn't make the NCAA tournament automatically had a bid into the NIT. They're already in. They're automatically in. So, I, which I, you know, it's an interesting little quirk in the rule, right? So, I like um, that rule. You like that? So yeah. they're, they're, they're already in. Now, it's a 64 team field. Uh, but the women's NIT, unlike the men's NIT, the men's NIT is owned by the NCAA. 
And that's why ESPN's involved. And, you know, you know, there was very quick show and stuff like that. Well, the women's NIT is owned by a private group. It's not really uh, with the NCAA per se. So it's a little more hush hush. So the women's field was announced Monday night at nine o'clock. And that's where a lot of people are now have announced, Hey, we're on the field. They're the field of 64 has been announced. So now, but then they're filling out, they're trying to make the brackets. And for some reason, you know, part of it is to make sure who can host and things like that. And, uh, all expectations are, uh, from what people have been telling me and from what people have said is that UCF women's will host as well, uh, more than likely against Stetson, who lost in the A-Sun tournament championship to Florida Gulf Coast on Sunday, or Jacksonville, who was a, a team that uh, is in the field for the women's tonight, or Bethune-Cookman, uh, because it's a simple bus trip. It's a quick turnaround, obviously. Uh, and that's, you know, if, if the NCAA is, you know, it's a nice, you know, cost-efficient move. Uh, you could put them, the all four that, of them in a pod together, too. That would be kind of interesting. Exactly, exactly, right. So. Now, the interesting thing about it is the women's NIT first-round dates are Wednesday through Friday, whereas the men's NIT runs all the way from, like, Tuesday to, like, I believe, uh, Friday, something like Tuesday to Thursday, maybe, something to that extent. Well, the men's is obviously playing on Wednesday at home. Mm-hmm. The, the interesting thing what will happen with the women will be, well, do they host? If they host, will it be on Wednesday, maybe before the men's game or, or after the game or whatever they decide to do? Or do they host on a Thursday or a Friday? Uh, and that could be some compl- uh, you know issues there because Thursday, a lot of the UCF staffers that work these arenas, and you know very well, Jeff, you work with them, yeah. uh, and some of them directly, uh, are working the NCAA tournament on Thursday for the opening round of the NCAA tournament at the Amway Center because a lot of the staffers will be working that. So that the UCF, you know, they're, they're going to be shorthanded on Thursday. So I would be shocked if they hosted a game on a Thursday. So the other option would be Friday. Well, Friday, UCF's hosting Jacksonville in baseball, uh, and softball's hosting nationally ranked Baylor. So, um, I, I'm not 100% sure like everybody else that thinks UCF women's will host. I would not be shocked because of all those issues that maybe the women's team goes to Stetson. We'll find out soon enough right. when the brackets come out uh, late night and, uh, you know, and, and go from and there. Tomorrow what we'll do is tomorrow's going to be Tuesday. We'll, we'll, Eric and I will both be at the softball game tomorrow, doubleheader tomorrow against Iowa State. So we're both working that game. Eric's doing play-by-play. I'm going to do PA at the softball complex. So right after that, we're going to record a quick little breakdown because by then we'll know where the UCF women's team is in the bracket. So stay tuned on that on stay tuned for that rather on iTunes, on um, Google play, SoundCloud, and uh, tune in and wherever you may find this podcast, particularly on black and gold and also on our Twitter feed as well. All right, let's talk men. Uh, obviously, the Knights are in the NIT. They are in the Illinois State bracket. <laughs> 32 teams uh, in the NIT. The final four meet in Madison Square Garden in New York City, March 28th and 30th. First round goes March 14th and 15th. The Knights are in a four-team pod with Colorado. who They're, they're, they're a four-seed in the NIT in this Illinois State bracket, uh, which kind of has a bunch of Midwestern teams in it. Um, with a couple of exceptions, like Midwestern and Upper Western teams. So UCF is the four seed. They're playing a five seed Colorado. Colorado is 19-14, obviously, uh, out of the Pac-12. The game will be March 15th. That is uh, Wednesday, is that right? Wednesday, yeah. yeah. 
Wednesday uh, at 7 p.m. It is televised on ESPN3, uh, which is your watch ESPN app and all that. Uh, the Knights will, uh, if assuming the Knights get through Colorado, they will play the winner of Illinois State and UC Irvine, which is at Illinois State. Illinois State went 27 and 6. They're a one seed in that region, obviously. Uh, that game will be actually immediately following UCF's game on ESPNU. So if the Knights get through at 7, you can actually catch who their opponent will be immediately following that game on the U, on ESPNU. Um, a couple notes on this. UCF is one of two American Athletic Conference teams in the NIT field. The other is Houston. Houston is a two-seed. Uh, on the other side of the bracket, they're playing Akron uh, in the first round. Uh I thought, looking at where UCF ended up at 21-11, and 11, I thought they would be a 4 seed, but I was surprised to see them in a bracket, Eric, with the following teams. Illinois State, UC Irvine, Colorado, Utah, Boise State, Illinois, Valparaiso. So you have Midwest and Western teams in this bracket. UC Irvine, Colorado, Utah, Boise State are basically Western teams, and you got Illinois State and then Illinois and Valparaiso, which are you know upper you know, which are basically Midwest teams. You know, you're talking Illinois, Indiana, um, and and then here we are, UCF out of Florida, the only Southern or Southeastern team in this bracket. I thought we were going to end up actually on the other side of the bracket. Um, I was hoping we would end up in the Syracuse bracket. There are one seed in the <laughs> in, in 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 one region. They and you've got uh, UNC Greensboro. You've got Monmouth, Ole Miss, Indiana, Georgia Tech, Georgia Belmont. You know, you got some Southern teams in that side. We don't have any. We're the only Southern team on our side. So I think that's a disadvantage. And I felt like it was a bracket that was kind of a throw a throw together bracket. Uh, there's kind of a method to the madness in the other three, I think. And there's not as much of a method in this one. I think this was may have been like the last bracket that they filled out when they were filling this tournament out. Nonetheless, we're in the NIT. Um, what do you think about that? Do you think we kind of got hosed a little bit on this? I would say hosed. I mean, actually, I just, I mean, if anything, I mean, I think they've got a favorable draw. Okay. I mean, you look okay. at it. That's fair. Because here's why. Uh, Colorado, very good team out of the Pac-12. What's ironic about Colorado. 19 and, and 14 this year, by the way. And they, by the way, they, um, sorry to interrupt on this, but they beat Washington State in their first game in the Pac-12 t- tournament and then lost to Arizona by uh, 14 points uh, on Thursday. And comes out of the Pac-12. What's interesting is two years ago, when the NCAA tournament was here in Orlando, Colorado was here. Mm-hmm. They were in the 8-9 game, played against Pittsburgh at the Amway Center. I watched them in person. They got blown out <laughs> by Pittsburgh. Uh, that was the region where Florida beat Pittsburgh after that. Uh, but, but, but it's funny. I've seen a lot of majority of these Colorado players, uh, some of them that they're still from uh, holdovers, uh, from that team. And, you know, it, it just fascinates. It's kind of funny that two years later, Colorado's back in post is in postseason and they're back in Orlando. So, um, but that, that's a long travel for Colorado. If you think about it, I mean, going all the way from Boulder to Orlando, they're going to have to adjust to the East time zone. They're not two a good one of the zones away. Yep. Two time zones away. And Colorado is not a very good road team. It's one of the reasons why they're not in the NCAA tournament, why they're in the Pac-12. Uh, you know, so to me, I think that's an advantage for UCF. And I think here's the other thing. 
Uh, it's huge, I think, that UCF is hosting when you consider the fact they played up at Hartford on Saturday, lost to SMU. They didn't get back to Orlando till Sunday uh, because, again, they don't fly charter, which – Again, that's just, this is why the charter flight situation is a very common uh, topic that has been brought up with this men's basketball program that that people are trying to address because you know a lot of power you know top basketball programs and you know this can just fly out of there after a conference tournament game. Well, UCF can't do that because they don't have a charter, so a lot of them had to you know they fly commercial, so they flew a lot of them Friday um, or excuse me uh, Sunday. And they get back to Sunday. So can you imagine if they got back on Sunday and they had to go on the road? They probably would have gone a flight either uh, maybe early Tuesday all of a sudden. That's a tough, tough, you know, turnaround. So I think it helps them that they're A, at home, and B, they're playing a team that's got to fly two time zones away. and They got to make the adjustments. Uh, that's going to be fascinating to me how they handle that. But uh, and then you look at you know potential if they were to get past Colorado, which you know it's no sure thing. I mean, we'll as we'll get into Colorado is a very talented team, especially in the backcourt. It's going to be fascinating. Um, Illinois State has one win. I believe they have their best win against the top fifty team with Wichita State, who they they lost two out of three against. Um, you know they, they they don't scare you. And then you know you see Irvine. Uh, again, same situation. If UC Irvine were to pull the upset on Illinois State, let's say, then there's a chance UCF, if they were to win their game, would host UC Irvine. Then UC Irvine would have to travel to Orlando. So I think it's a pretty favorable draw for UCF here with, uh, with an opportunity, you know, to make, to make a run here. Some interesting notes on this, by the way. Obviously, we haven't played Colorado in the regular season, but we do share an opponent this year. Both UCF and Colorado faced Seattle. Uh, earlier this year, uh, Colorado defeated Seattle in Boulder, sixty-seven fifty-five. Uh, UCF beat them sixty-seven fifty-one um, uh, on November the twenty-sixth. Interestingly enough, uh, those two games were separated by about twelve days. Um, Colorado beat Seattle on November the fourteenth. Um, yeah, I think you're right. I, I, my hope is that this actually works out in UCF's favor. In terms of, by the way, UC Irvine traveled to UCF. Um, just was it last year? Um, Taco Fall had a big game, but UCF lost uh, 61 60. Uh, well, that was the matchup they, 18th they, last year, the two seven six kids going against yeah. each other. Yep, yep that's so, exactly what it was. Yep. Yeah, so I remember there, that. Was, yeah. So there's that. And then, uh, it, well, I, I mean, looking at I mean, hey, it, look, we're, my hope is that um, we're not, we don't come out in this game against Colorado just happy to be there. Right, I think that's the biggest uh, that's the biggest danger for UCF is just being happy that you're there. Um, they, I think that UCF should approach this game with the same with the level of intensity that you know. Hey, let's get let's get after these guys, and we have at least the way this field works out, we have a potential to really, like you said, make some noise. Um, if UCF gets through that that one eight four five pod. Then you're facing either you know one of four teams: Utah, Boise State, Illinois, or Valparaiso. Um, a couple teams in there that I think are kind of like, eh, you know, we're not, you know, we're just, you know, we're just kind of playing out the string. Except for Valparaiso, I think that they might cause some trouble. We played them in the past at, at uh, CFE Arena before, I know. So um, 
you know, what do you think about our chances of actually getting through this thing? I mean, are, it, it, do you think that it's it's pretty much second round or bust, or do you think that we could make? A, do you think that there's a chance that we could get to Madison Square Garden? I think there's always a chance in the NIT because you mentioned it. it's kind of the NIT is kind of a crapshoot, right? A lot of it depends on what teams are motivated to be there, what teams are not motivated to be there. Uh, you know, is Colorado excited to be in the NIT? Or are they not excited to be in the NIT? Are they going to be excited to be, be being on a plane and <laughs> playing in Orlando? Or are they not? You know, I mean, you know, you mentioned Syracuse. Is, what, what is Syracuse mindset going to be into the NIT? They just missed out. What is Illinois State's mindset? Illinois State thought they had a shot to get into the NCAA. You know, that's another reason why I don't, wouldn't be shocked if they got upset. Uh, by UC Irvine. Yeah, just there kind of, there's kind of that hangover from that, right? Yes, that's the challenge. So I don't think that's an issue with UCF. I think they're generally excited to play in the NIT. Something to keep in mind, Coach Dawkins is obviously knows a little bit about the NIT. He's won championships in the NIT at Stanford. So um, he knows the drill with this. And, of course, he knows Colorado from the Pac-12. Him and Tad Boyle, of course, the head coach at Colorado, they met eight times. Uh, Boyle actually has had success against Dawkins. Uh, so it's fascinating from that standpoint in that Johnny, I think, knows the Colorado personnel, uh, from the Pac-12, which is another reason I kind of like this matchup as well. So, um, yeah, I think UCF's got their chances, but look, Colorado's a talented team. They got a good backcourt and, uh, you know, that they're not, they're going to still be a handful. And I think UCF, how there's still kind of be the question of does UCF have a hangover? From a standpoint, you were just in Hartford. You just lost SMU on Saturday. Now you got to turn around. You got a home game on Wednesday. I'm glad the game's on Wednesday and not Tuesday. Let me yeah. put it to that way. Uh, cause I would be a lot more concerned about that, uh, being a quick turnaround. I think the extra day will help them a lot. And, uh, I think the guys are generally excited about still playing basketball. And I kind of, you know, I count the NIT kind of like bowl games. I think the, the, the great thing you hope they win if for nothing else, it's extra practice time. And I'm always for that. Exactly. And one other note about uh, Johnny Dawkins. Uh, he has been to the NIT three times at Stanford as a head coach and won two of them. In 2012, yep. they won the NIT. Here they went 26 and 11. Uh, and then in 2014, 2015, also, Stanford uh, won the NIT with Johnny Dawkins at the helm. That was the last year before he was uh, let go. Uh, what they finished 24 and 13 that year. In fact, it's funny, that was kind of the knock on Johnny Dawkins. <laughs> For the people who are knocking, they're like, oh, well, you're going to go to the NIT again every year. And when he, may, you win a couple of NITs with Johnny Dawkins, and congratulations. I'm like, listen, I'll take the NIT. I'm happy with that. Obviously, I want UCF to get to the NCAA tournament at some point. I think we will under Johnny Dawkins. But, um, but you know, if you're playing in the postseason, that should be your goal. That's, you know, get those extra home games. Um, get on TV if you can. I think that we could indeed... Uh, cause some trouble. What do you think about the Colorado game? You think we're going to, uh, what's our, what do you think our chances are in that? It's a fascinating matchup because, you know, Colorado, as I mentioned, they, they, they've got some talented guards uh, that UCF's going to be dealing with. I think it's going to be a very interesting matchup from that standpoint. Uh, I'm curious to see how Colorado, I think you'll know early, right? How does Colorado come out early in that ball game? I'll be curious, yeah. you know, after making the long travel, are they going to be into it? Or are they not going to be into it? Uh, but certainly Derek White, 
is the kid that you got to remember his name. He's their leading scorer, 17 points a game. Yep. Uh, he Pretty was good a good rebounder, you know, too. Four rebounds, four assists, kind of a do it all kind of and guy. He's, he's kind of an NBA prospect, and, and that's going to be a handful for BJ Taylor or Matt Williams to deal with. So, uh, you know, Colorado averages 75 points a game. Uh, again, though, here's the big thing four and eight on the road this year. Uh, that's mm-hmm. where compared to 13 and four. Uh, so that's going to be a bit of an adjustment for them. Uh, Colorado, not a big surprise, likes to shoot the three pointers. They're a uh, big they, team. They got a bunch of six, seven guys like Xavier yeah. Johnson, six, seven, 225. Wesley Gordon, who's, uh, another one, another guy who they have up front is six, nine, 245 pound forward. Uh, and you mentioned White, who's a, who's, uh, from Parker, Colorado, six five two. You know he's a six five kid. George King is a six six guard. They got some size as Colorado team. Yes, they do. So uh, it's an intriguing matchup. You can make the arguments one of the better first round matchups of the NIT. I mean, I don't know what. I mean, let me. Ask, I mean, what what uh, what would have been more appealing? I guess considering where UCF was seated. Okay, it was a four seed. Mm-hmm. So I mean, what a, what five seed would have been more appealing than Colorado to come? Uh well the other five seeds are Charleston who we beat, yep. Ole Miss and Fresno. I would I wouldn't mind another shot at Charleston. <laughs> uh, we know we beat them early. I don't know if that would have drawn a lot of more excitement. I mean maybe I guess you could say Ole Miss because they're an SEC team. Maybe some people would Fresno interested. travel all the way over from California to come play us. You know that that might be an advantage. I personally thought that um, I, I think Brandon Helwig, our friend uh, from UCFSports.com. Uh, kind of projected out that we would probably be a four seed and host Monmouth as a five seed. And Monmouth ended up getting a four seed, and they're hosting Ole Miss uh, in uh, in Long Branch, New Jersey. Um, Which, how is that going to happen, by the way? Isn't there a the blizzard, storm. supposedly? Yeah, there's, a storm, there's a storm coming. <laughs> and, uh, well, I mean, it's... Well, listen, if there was a snowstorm coming to Florida, yeah, people would be battening down the hatches. But they know how to deal with... They know how to deal with weather up north. They'll be fine. They'll be fine. It's st- stop. I'm not worried about that. Um, I thought that that would have been pretty interesting to have UCF in that bracket because you got Syracuse and uh, uh, North Carolina Greensboro. Um, let's say you flipped UC- Let's say you flipped UCF in place of Ole Miss and you put UCF as a four seed and Monmouth as a five. Then you're playing the winner of you know you get through Monmouth. You're playing the winner of Syracuse and UNCG, and then. The other four teams on the other side of the bracket are Indiana, Georgia Tech, Georgia, and Belmont. There's no uninteresting matchup with any of those teams. So yeah. that's that's kind of what I'm like. You know, Illinois State versus UC Irvine. I mean, I like our chances against both of those teams, but none of those matchups scream, ooh, that sounds interesting. You know what I mean? Same thing with well, you know, Utah, Boise. I mean, maybe Illinois or Valpo, but... I don't know. Maybe it's just because that's on the Syracuse side of the bracket, and that's what I wanted to see. I want to see UCF against Syracuse, but the only way I'm ever going to see UCF against Syracuse is if it's in the title game. Right. So, And we'll see how they – well, besides, I mean, the Syracuse-Greensboro thing is entertaining. Uh, the question, obviously, is how many people will come to this game. It's such a quick turnaround. Well, well here's, uh, here's where I wanted to give UCF some credit. Um, yeah. They came out today – and uh, was it was it today? I don't know. But they um, uh, the, the story was the ticket prices. I thought they. I think it's twenty dollars general admission to get in. And uh, here's the actual information. Okay, premium seating twenty bucks. 
pretty decent price. Regular reserve seating, 12 bucks. Students, 4 bucks, And the first 300 students get in for free. First come, first serve at the CFE Arena box office on the morning of the game. So basically this is like, you know, big, huge. You know, they're, they're putting out some really big, huge discounts for postseason basketball at UCF. And I like that. I think that's a great move by Danny White. I think it's a great move by the ticket staff. You know, this is basically a bonus game anyway. Let's lower some ticket prices and get as many people into this arena as humanly possible. What do you think about that? I agree. Now, keep in mind, it's spring. Spring break, so I don't expect to yeah. see a lot of students uh, in attendance well, due might. to spring break. You, you might, you uh, might see. I mean, at that, you know, if you're getting the first 300 in for free, I mean, I think you'll get. I think you get a fair. There's a there's a larger number of students who stick around during spring break than you think. Not everyone goes traveling. I mean, students, you know, they have jobs and stuff. I mean, I know that when sure. when I was a student, I had a job that I had to work at through spring break. Um, there's a number of students who do do that. So. Uh, and then you you have this game on you know a Wednesday night. Hey, get off of work, you know, come to the game. Why not? We'll see. I mean, that's going to be the interesting thing. I mean, what what would you put a number? Would you say? Because I, I, I think if they were to draw overall, and I'm not talking students over, I'm just talking the whole building. If I think if they were to draw four thousand, let's say four four or five thousand, I think it'd be a success. Um, considering it's an NIT game on a quick turnaround with spring break. You have the NCAA tournament in your backyard, so you're, there's a lot of stuff going on. I think you're shooting for because I remember when they hosted the CBI game, I think they ended up drawing about twenty five hundred to thirty five hundred for those games. If I remember, I mean, it's kind of I don't have it in front of me, but um, oh, when I they hosted, I'll have to take a look. Yeah, I mean, when back. they hosted, see, yeah, I mean, when they hosted, I mean, it was in twenty eleven. They hosted the uh, St. Bonaventure and Rhode Island. I was there. Uh, Andrew yeah, Nelson and St. Bonaventure. Correct. Correct. Um, so that that was, to me, you know, CBI, and people were kind of curious about it. But now th- I think people feel more good. The difference is this year's team finishing on a positive note, whereas that team finished on a down note. Mm-hmm. So keep that, keep that in mind uh, when you consider those numbers. But I don't even – honestly, I know it's not positive. I don't really care what the attendance is. That's not my problem. It's not my, you know, I don't care. I, I'm more excited for the players and the coaching staff for earning this opportunity uh, than I do about who shows up. I, I'm excited that they get to extend basketball and that they get rewarded for a fantastic season, uh, a season that I don't think anybody ever would imagine would end up in a postseason tournament. No, I think you're absolutely right. I think that it's so valuable, and I think that it's a it's a good capper also for these seniors. They get to play, you know, at least one more game here. Happy for Matt Williams. He gets another shot at the home floor, um, and you know, I hope we can keep it going. I, I'm I'm, you know, <laughs> look at me putting up, looking at this through black and gold, you know, colored glasses. But you know, I think there's a good shot that we could get to Madison Square Garden, considering how this team finished, considering I can. I thought how well we played in the conference tournament. Guys, SMU's good. And I thought we hung with them for much of that game. Um, they eventually put us put us away with some really great shooting on their part. But, um, but you know, I like our chances against Colorado. I like our chances against either Illinois State or UC Irvine. And then after that, you win one more game. Who knows where that game gets hosted. Um, but, you know, you, you, you win two games, right? One, two, three. No, you win three games. You're in the semis in Madison Square Garden, and I think that's the goal: is get to the is get to the Garden. You never know what's going to happen when you get there. So, 
Uh, so I'm excited. It would for this. be tremendous. It would be tremendous if they could pull that off. Uh, you know, you got to take it one day at a time. By the way, you mentioned Nicholson, that St. Bonaventure game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Nicholson did play in that game, uh, scored 20 points. Uh, UCF won that game, 69-54. Nicholson, 20 points, four boards, future NBA prospect. And, again, uh, White with Colorado, future NBA prospect mm-hmm. potentially uh, in that game. Uh, UCF kind of controlled it, and uh, they came away with the victory. So you never know. That's the cool thing about it is you you could see a future prospect play in the NBA, uh, and and that's the thing the, the the level of basketball. The thing that blows my mind. Yeah, you know, let me read you the UCF lineup from that game. Oh, you had Marcus Jordan starting. Uh huh. Isaac Sosa. That was your backcourt. Yep. With Keith yep. Clanton and PJ Gainer with oh, Dwight man. McCombs. Man, huh? With Tom Herzog. You had Rumsa. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yo, AJ Tyler. There's some good names. Oh, there by the, the way, you're, oh, you, oh, you're gonna like this. All right, I found a, I found a, I found odds for this game. UCF, UCF is a two and a half point favorite. See, pick. It's basically a pick 'em game because the home yeah. team always usually gets three points. Yeah, this, so is what that tells you, this is on sportsline.com. So, wow, yeah, wow, I'm blown away by that. That's pretty so, good. Yeah, very. So. It's a pretty good turnaround there. So no, I think it's a good game. It's an interesting matchup. There's the, nothing to lose. The move, the line has moved in UCF's favor. It opened at UCF minus one. So oh, little, oh, yeah. little money. Interesting. So they kind of they maybe uh, try to see if people would put money on Colorado, but instead people are putting money on UCF. Who knows? That's a on the home game on the home team, right? Home team with a better record. Colorado's eighteen and fourteen. Uh, eleven and twenty against the number UCF this year thirteen and thirteen against the number so um, and a better point differential too so um, a lot but, of that too is the power conference right I mean right. some of that is well this team is in the power conference so you know we kind of have to respect that and and so forth um, so you know that's probably part of the reason why that was like a one point spread to start off with because oh hey it's a Pac twelve team you know right right like, you know but uh, by the way I, I was able I was stalling. Twenty nine forty five was the attendance for that St. Bonaventure mm. game in the CBI. It was on a Wednesday, March sixteenth. Ironically, now that was an eight o'clock tip off. Uh, right. That now, now the set, you know, the CBI, and then the next round was against Rhode Island on the twenty first of March. UCF won that game sixty six fifty four. The attendance for that was thirty nine forty nine. I do remember because I think that game was after spring break. The students yes. were back by then. I think that sounds right. Yeah, I think that yeah. sounds about right. And we won that game. We won our last game at home. That was kind of fun. That's correct on that. They uh, then lost to Creighton at Creighton yeah. uh, in that following round. And Creighton uh, but that was went good... on to win the CBI that year, if I'm not mistaken. I know it's, I know uh, the CBI is a best of three. Oh, no, yeah, they lost. I'm sorry. They lost to Oregon that year. They lost to Oregon. The, yes, that's right. I mean, what I like to call the Dana Altman uh, championship. <laughs> the, yes, the, the Dana Altman Bowl. <laughs> that's right. That's All correct. Right. On that. So, uh, so, uh, yeah, so, fun. so uh, once again, UCF is in the NIT. The men's team is in the NIT. Both the men's and the women's teams are in the NIT. The men's team will play Wednesday night uh, against the Colorado Buffaloes, 7 p.m. at CFE Arena, televised on ESPN3. But go there, support your seniors. Uh, the Knights are the four seed playing the Colorado Buffaloes. They'll uh, if they win, they will face the winner 
of Illinois State and UC Irvine in the Illinois State bracket. Stick around on uh, UCF underscore banner for all the latest on uh, UCF's postseason basketball. We'll be back again with more than likely another emergency podcast about the women's team uh, that we'll uh, knock out tomorrow while we're at the uh, softball complex together for that game. By the way, don't, get, don't forget to go there for tomorrow. Uh, UCF against Iowa State, doubleheader tomorrow. And it's also first responders and uh, military day uh, at the UCF softball complex. So that's always fun to do uh, and, a fun, and a fun time to go there and to go there for that against Iowa State. Two games against the Big 12 uh, Cyclones. So again, uh, for all the latest, make sure you follow us at UCF underscore Banneret. Also follow me at Jeff underscore Sharon and Eric at Eric Lopez Elo. And uh, look us up at the Black and Gold Banneret on Facebook and at blackandgoldbanneret.com. So Eric, once again, thanks. I'll catch you tomorrow, brother. Sounds good, bud. All right. And thanks for listening. This has been the Black and Gold Banneret Podcast. We'll catch you tomorrow with a preview of the women's NIT matchup. UCF men are going to the NIT Wednesday night, 7 p.m. against Colorado at CFE Arena. We'll catch you there.